Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to episode number 556 of Smart Podcast Trashy Books, I'm Sarah Wendell, and joining me today is Olivia Waite. We are going to talk about her New York Times romance column and her best of coverage for 2022. We also talk about writing, about grief, writing her column, and what's next. We also take a side trip into discussing the emotionally intense books that are popular now and the similar properties that had an emotional hold on us when we were younger. This is an episode that I held on to due to the HarperCollins strike earlier this year. I've actually edited edited this episode twice. I did it once to remove the HarperCollins titles and then again to put them back. So if you're thinking, wait a minute, it's March 2023. Why are you talking about year-end coverage? Well, as I often say, any book you haven't read is a new book. So hold on to your TBRs because we have got some recommendations. I also have a compliment, which makes me so happy. To Emily Kay, did you know that beneath the soil, trees grow as wide and as far out as the branches that we can see above ground? It's true. And there is a tree near where you live that likes you so much, it has spelled out your name with its roots. If you have supported the show with a monthly pledge of any amount, thank you. You are helping me ensure that each episode is transcribed. Hi, Garlic Knitter. You keep me going each and every week, and you're making sure that the show is accessible to everyone. And, well, you keep us going, so thank you. If you would like to join the Patreon community, please have a look at patreon.com slash smartbitches. Monthly pledges start at $1 a month, and Patreon members get bonus episodes, a wonderful Discord, which we actually talk about in this episode, and many, many more things. So please have a look. And a special hello to Kier, who is a new member of the community. This episode is brought to you in part by Lumi Deodorant. 
Lumi deodorant is a uniquely formulated pH-balanced deodorant that was developed by an OBGYN. It's aluminum-free, skin-safe, and clinically proven to control odor anywhere on your body for up to 72 hours. And heads up, new customers get $5 off Lumi's starter pack with code Sarah at lumideodorant.com. Now, I have started paying a lot more attention to what the ingredients are in my deodorant, and I really like Lumi. And not only do I like Lumi, but my teenagers do as well. One has taken the deodorant wipes for school, for after gym class, and the report back is, these are so great and they don't smell weird. Lumi actually comes in a few choices of scent. Clean tangerine, toasted coconut, and lavender sage. It's the first of its kind, too. It was designed to be safe to use anywhere on your body, including your feet. How does it work? Well, some products will try to mask odor with a fragrance, but Lumi is formulated and powered by mandelic acid to stop odor before it starts. It's like a pre-odorant. And Lumi's starter pack is perfect for new customers. It comes with solid stick deodorant, cream tube deodorant, two free products of your choice, like a mini body wash and deodorant wipes, and free shipping. As a special offer for listeners, new customers get $5 off a Lumi starter pack with code Sarah at lumideodorant.com. That equates to over 40% off your starter pack when you visit Lumi Deodorant, L-U-M-E, and use code Sarah. All right, shall we get started with all of the books that we've ever wanted to talk about ever? Yes, let's do it. On with my conversation with Olivia Waite. Hi, everyone. I'm Olivia Waite. I write queer historical romance, science fiction, and fantasy. I'm also the romance fiction columnist for the New York Times Book Review, which is extremely fun and especially this year, because this year, for the first time ever, the New York Times is doing a year's best romances roundup in their big holiday coverage. And I got to write that. So we're here to tell you all about that. That's so awesome. Do you still get like a little like tingly thrill every time you say I'm the romance columnist for the New York Times book review? Yeah, I do. Like Like, little butterflies are rubbed like this is still great. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's this like this job did not exist. Back when I was reading the book review, like as a bookseller, because my association with the New York Times book review was working the late shift at a bookstore and the register would get quiet and you'd entered all your catalogs and you tidied everything up. And then you were allowed to read the book review to keep tabs on what was being reviewed because inevitably somebody would be asking about one or more of those books. And they would come in and be like, I think I read about this in a newspaper and the cover was like kind of green. And you'll be like, oh, this one in the Times Review, I just read it. Yeah, something about a bank. Yeah. Uh, And I love being the person to solve those puzzles. And let me tell you, when you can solve the really vague ones, people get so impressed. It's It's very fun. It's like magic. Yeah. Yeah, we do that. We do that with Help a Bitch Out. And people are like, I can't believe you figured that out. That's still one of my favorite things to see. Like every time that comes up, I'm like, I roll my sleeves up and I almost never get them because they're like wildly obscure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're they're hard to get sometimes. Sometimes I get one in my email and I'm like, oh, I know this one immediately. <laughs> I feel like I won. Like I've won something. Yes. It is. It's that very Jeopardy champion feeling. Oh, right? 100% <laughs> Jeopardy champion, which I'm never going to be. So tell me about the column. How is it going? And what is what are some of the things you're talking about? Oh, it's been really fun. Um, It's been a wonderful coincidence that my tenure at this column has overlapped with a real surge in queer romance specifically. Yeah. Because it feels like there's more of that now than we've ever had. There absolutely is. And it's like we have like multiple types of queer romance. We have bi romance. We have MM. We have sapphic romance. We have uh, queer black romance coming out from traditional publishing, which 
has been like decades. Like you have to go all the way back to like Ann Allen Shockley to get yep. that earlier. But now we have um, Devon and Chris from uh, Chensia Higgins. We've got Alyssa Coles, like that was Avon's first FF romance in forever. And then there's been so many more afterwards. You've got Meryl Wilsner. You've got Alexandria Belfleur. We've got various couples and groups and um, Casey McQuiston's like kind of opened a lot of doors for people. And it's just been spectacular. And so writing this, the hardest part of the column is trying to pick which books. Always. Um, Because there's always so many more books than I can possibly not only feature, but like get to as a reader. Yep. It's absolutely (laughs) true. So what are some of the books that you have covered this year that you think are the best of the year? What like what are your top books this year? Well, I think my number one favorite um, for me has been The Dead Romantics. Speaking of like paranormal stuff, because A, I love ghost romance. And it's been a really good year for it. Like Teresa Bihari has one out, but The Dead Romantics for me was both a really solid swoony romance, gorgeously written, and it had like it had such a sharp and up to the minute view on publishing yes. that I just, I couldn't resist it. Like there were more current romance novel names dropped in that book than I've ever seen. This was written by someone who is deeply fluent, not only in romance, but forgive me, all of the bullshit behind the scenes of producing romance. I was like, oh, yes. wow, this is, this is, this is, very, this is somebody this, on the inside. This is very gossipy. Yes. Yeah. Yes. This like is like this, this Royal is, Insider Tea, but publishing. This is not somebody who likes being a writer, writing about how great it is being a writer. This is like somebody who knows how the sausage is made saying this is disgusting, but we have to do it. Yep. And it was so very <laughs> grounded in very specific things about the industry where I was like, oh, oh, yeah, I yeah, that's right. And then, you know, ghosts on top of that. Yes. Absolutely. I accept all of this. Well, and like, you know, the whole ghost writer starts seeing ghosts things. You can see how it would start as a joke. And then she treated it so seriously. Yeah. And that's possibly my favorite thing is something that starts as a joke that you treat with utmost like seriousness. If you walk um, up to somebody and say, the ghost writer can see ghosts, people are like, what? And then you make the sentences beautiful and nobody can resist. It reminded me a little bit of Rebecca Weatherspoon's, um, oh, it's the first of her Rancher series. The title is not coming to me, but it's the one with the amnesia. Yeah, she did like a very serious, very realistic take on amnesia for her uh, cowboy series. A cowboy to remember. That's the one. And the heroine has a head injury and she forgets like everything. Like, and it's not comfortable. Like she has to, she has to relearn basic like a lot of like basic motor skills. She doesn't remember what she does for a living. Like it's really, it's devastating and it's complicated and she's prone to headaches and she needs a long recovery time. It's not like pretty jokey comedy and it's like amnesia. It's like, we're going to check you for concussion every hour. Amnesia. Yeah. It's head trauma, chronic illness, amnesia, not wouldn't it be great to just forget things for a while? Amnesia. Yeah. That's an excellent choice. What else you got? Uh, Tanked Mia Hopkins. I don't know if you've been reading Mia Hopkins's like series, the East Side Brewery series. Tell me everything. Contemporary. Right. Uh, Three brothers. They have a brewery. Uh, The eldest two have like uh, criminal pasts. They're like ex-cons. They've been raised extremely rough. It's very, 
I don't normally go for like the dark mafia romance and the gritty romance. So this is not that. This is incredibly straightforward, grounded, realistic stories about people in very hard financial circumstances with very difficult obstacles like in their past. Um, this recent one tanked is like the youngest brother's story. And he was never in prison. He got shipped off to relatives when his brothers were sent away. And so he's kind of trying to reintegrate to the family. Yeah. Uh, to survive, he became like an he was an underground fighter, like in a lot of illegal fights. And so he has a very shady relationship with the law. And he ends up falling for this social worker who's just lost her job. And her job, she's actually the one of the brothers' former caseworker. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And they end up having like a connection because he's super hot and super into her. And she's in the terrible place and they end up bonding. And it's just, it's beautiful. I mean, all of Mia Hopkins' work is so gorgeous. The second one is entirely from the hero's point of view as well, which is like extremely rare in contemporary romance. And she's like, her heroes are these big, tough, beautiful men with these incredibly nuanced, tender characterizations. And it's irresistible to me. Yep. <laughs> like, that combination, they just, they pine so lovingly. And like, and the sex scenes are gorgeous. That's always and, good. Yes. But um, one of the things I really appreciate about it, appreciated about tanked was it actually dealt with the world as it is it put covid right on the page like people were wearing masks people had to test at one point secondary characters came down with covid and everybody was very worried and left groceries on their doorstep and it was just presented as part of the world as it is now and i know i have a hard time with a lot of contemporary romance because they're pretending to be in this eternal present where covid doesn't exist that worked okay in the first year of the pandemic yeah it's such an interesting question, right? Like, is there COVID in the book? And do you yeah. want to read a world with COVID in it? Or is that not something you can do? It's good to have choices, but I am always fascinated by the sort of not not honesty, because it's not as if the eternal sunshine contemporaries aren't honest. They're honest about what they're doing. It's more yeah. a frankness. And, and Yeah, there's a I use the word brave about it. Yeah, like, that, that, that also works. Say, Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, this world has something terrible happening. We can have happiness anyway. Yeah. Which fits romance. We've done that a lot. Yes. Pretty much all the time. <laughs> pretty much all the time. Yeah. Like, I mean, do you remember that rash of like COVID as gimmick books that came out at the start of the pandemic? Yeah. Oh, we're 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 stuck in oh. the bus station together. And yeah. Mm, no, I couldn't. Yeah. I couldn't. It was... Too present and too scary and not a not a cute situation. No. No. And it, those felt really those felt really cheap and facile. Twee. Twee, exactly. And this is the opposite of that. And unfortunately, I'm getting to a point where if I don't see any reference to COVID on the page, I start to get anxious. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like reading Red, White, and Royal Blue right after the election. It yeah. poked a sore spot. Yes, absolutely. It 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 pushes on your bruise. Absolutely. Yeah. And I remember and the same thing happening after 9-11. Oh, definitely. Do you yeah, make 9-11 part of this? Because that was a big change. That was a very, yeah. very big cultural shift and it political. Huge. It was huge. It had a lot of effect. And so the idea of, of, of incorporating 9-11, it's a big question. It's hard. It's not easy yeah. to do. But... I've seen books that like invoke that particular shift in the world in ways that are thoughtful and nuanced and interesting. It's yes. really hard to do, but when it's done well, it is truly incredible. 
It is. It feels very healing when somebody gets it to work. Yes, that's that's an exactly it. It's like it's acknowledging all of the the painful feelings and then giving them a resolution. And I think that's one of the things that I love about romance is when somebody and I, I always come back to romances that are about grief because I'm very interested in grief and probably never more so than right now. Oh, yeah. When romances really address grief, it is so cathartic. Oh, yeah. But like. But you have to do it responsibly. Like, I think a lot of the popularity of Colleen Hoover is because it feels like she's addressing grief. But really what she's doing is using grief as a little puppet to, like, tug at you. Yeah. And it's not the same thing as actually exploring it. It's not yeah. it, It's not doing active work all through the plot. It's addressing. Right. And even, even if you're treating grief in, like, a potboiler way, like, uh, Sonali Dev always has, like, this wealth of tragic backstory in this very like Bollywood tearjerker kind of way. But like, but it feels like that's organic to the story that she's telling. And oh, even yeah. then sometimes I'm like, I personally cannot do this right now. <laughs> like, but it feels like she's, I don't know. It feels like her story structures make sense. But with Colleen Hoover, I'm just like, again, it feels like somebody poking you with a sharp stick just to get you to react. I understand why it is popular. I also know that it is not for me. Yeah. And it does feel like this is the first time with Colleen Hoover. It feels like this is the first time where there's a generational split in, in the readership and I'm on the side of the old. Yes. Oh, my like, gosh. Me, too. I'm like, how, do I need to just get my rocking chair and park my ass on the porch of Romance Landia? Is that where I am now? OK. Yeah. And maybe it's easier to think of it as something like E.L. James or Stephanie Meyer, where where they came in and were hugely popular and then kind of vanish because that's. That's something that happens with with really popular fiction. Like you look at the bestsellers of years past and people don't read them and people don't teach them. No, they're just like all of these names that were hugely famous and then just poof, they're gone. You remember when all of the thrift stores got piles and piles and piles of copies of Fifty Shades of Grey? Yep. Yeah, same thing's going to happen. I also think that with with Hoover, there's also the question of the pool of emotional experience. So my theory is that young people, I have teenagers, so I think about this a lot. Young (laughs) people have small pools of emotional experience because they've been alive that long. I'm 30 and 32 years older than my children, so my pool of emotional experience is very large. So if you drop a rock in a lake, it's like, all right, little waves, and that's fine, no big deal. If you drop a rock in a little tiny puddle, it's like, kaboom, and all the water's gone. So when you have a small pool of emotional experience, it doesn't take much to make a massive emotional impact. And so with Hoover... She is using big rocks in a small pool of emotional experience. And that readership is completely overwhelmed by the incredible catharsis of having their feelings recognized and validated and then having this sort of experience of, you know, expunging all of that pain and grief and sadness. They get to do that work through the book. And I have read books like that. I've absolutely done that myself. But now my pool is so big. This this rock is not going to going to do much emotional work for me. I think that's I think that's a perfect encapsulation of yeah. it. I do yeah. think that this is this is a stage that readers and even people tend to go through. Mm. Like you have to in order to learn, but but there's sometimes where you stumble into a book when you're too young for it and you like it, but then later you grow to like it in different ways and in better ways. Yep. And I think that's kind of always what I'm looking for. Yeah. As opposed to the well, here's a little soap bubble. I mean, on the one hand, you know, it's like if you have the right fling at the right time and that's all you need, that's great. Absolutely. 
but I'm always kind of looking for the love affair for like the love of my life. Oh yeah. Reading wise. Oh yeah. Me too. <laughs> but, yeah. Absolutely. And I remember, I remember going through something similar when the movie Titanic came out. Do you remember oh, when Titanic yeah. came out and people were freaking was... obsessed with it? Look, I was in high school when Titanic came out, and I remember very clearly sitting in the living room at the house I grew up in with the Celine Dion song on endless repeat. And yep. it would have been a CD by then. Um, even though we had a record player, it would have been a CD. We did not have that on vinyl. God help me. Did they put Titanic on vinyl? I have to go check. Just listening to that tragic song over and over and over in a loop and sobbing. Yes, and the vinyl is pink, by the way. Oh, my God. That's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the vinyl is a limited edition of 1,000 individually numbered copies on translucent pink vinyl. Translucent pink vinyl. Oh, what a nice touch. Yep. Well, now I wish I'd sprung for the vinyl at the time. (laughs) (laughs) But I remember people were obsessed with it. I remember listening to – because I would have just graduated college. Um, Yeah. I remember like radio DJs just devoting whole segments to talking about all the things they were learning about Titanic. It was like everyone went to read the Titanic Wikipedia and we all grieved over these people. (laughs) And it it was very easy to locate all of your big feelings on this movie. And then, you know, add some Penny Whistle and Celine Dion and that's it. We're done. That's all we need. Yeah. Well, I mean, you have giant jewelry. You have the cool science of finding the shipwreck. Which was real. Like I'd been a Titanic nerd for a lot of years before oh, yeah. then because they kept sending exhibits around and it's a cool story and it's this big and like yep. I remember I remember the day when they actually found the wreck. Yes. Oh and my like, gosh, me too. Know, the fancy little submarine that went in, Alvin, and everybody loved Alvin, like the way they love the Mars rovers now. Yep. Absolutely. Do you know that there is a, a, a very silly um sort of send up of the nonfiction narrative podcast called Did the Titanic Really Sink? Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. No. 
And one there and and the people who do it are are Scottish. I'm sorry to report. Oh my gosh, that sounds amazing. So let me find. Yes, did Titanic <laughs> sink? It is kind of a parody and kind of like kind of a, a send up of 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 a lot of you know historical oh, investigation theory. and conspiracy yeah. theory podcasts. Yes, it's like so. If you've ever listened to the Renner Files. Which was a true crimes. Okay. I listened to it in the car with my husband. I think it's six episodes. We were driving from DC up to JFK because our flight out was out of New York and we listened to it in the car. And there was a point where I really thought we were going to have to pull over because we were laughing so hard. It is a, a true crime sort of investigative report into the Jeremy Renner app. Why did Jeremy oh, Renner yes. have an app? But it's I've like, read the article that's based on it's magnificent. It, the whole podcast is hilarious. And it does all of those things like fresh air and all of the investigation. Do you know why? I don't know why, but we did this. All, and, and there's all of these intros oh. and the, and the very tense, but melodic music. It's a perfect, perfect send up. And did Titanic sink is similar in that way. And it's like, oh, oh you've, you've, you've pinpointed a nerd area that I didn't know I had. Thank you. <laughs> But that that was the same thing for me. You know, yep. I'm grieving over the and it was 1997. I just looked it up. So it was actually the year I graduated college. It was before 9-11. I could mm-hmm. grieve for rich white people. I had no problem with that. I couldn't do that now. My brain is a completely different landscape. Well, and they gave you the out, right? Like Kate Winslet was a rich white person, but she hated her douchey fiance, Billy yes, Zane, who was an abusive and then became term. not a rich white person at the end and yes. sympathized with the steerage people. So it's like, oh, I get to feel progressive. Yeah. Yep. Very window still dressing. Get, like the costumes and the jewelry and like, you know, the hot young, like Leonardo DiCaprio in his floppiest hair days. Oh, my God. Between that and Romeo and Juliet, it was epic hair, 90s hair flop. I love Romeo and Juliet. That actually, that that version, the Bos Lerman holds up so well. It's so beautifully done. It's so, it's so good. <laughs> but like even I love it. that was a movie where I could locate my emotions. Yes. Right? Even that I mean, the was whole fish like, tank scene. Yes. And pining and yearning and all of that. Like, oh. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And Claire Danes w- w- was coming out of my my so-called life like that angsty, yearning, difficult, yes. tricky, emotional being teen. Being a teen is hard. Like I could and I and so I look at that and I think, all right, I understand the Hoover fandom. This is not for me. This is not my emotional jam, but I get it. I've been no, but there. The kids need this. Yes. This, <laughs> is, this will happen again. Twilight was the same thing. Twilight was the same thing. Yeah. And Twilight was all about like the secret world of what you do that your parents don't know about and secretly yep. becoming an adult and, and coming of age. And maybe a werewolf yeah. will, will imprint on your ovary <laughs> like that will happen. It's okay. Oh, my God. Right. Oh, the baby. Oh, God, no. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Have you been have you, do you watch what we do in the shadows? I have not seen all of it. What's happening? Please don't tell me there's a character named Ren Esme. There, no. Um, but they do deal with vampires raising a baby in the later season. Oh! No, it's it's amazing. Like, I'm if here, you I'm haven't here. gotten there, I'm not going to spoil anything. But okay. Like, it's but on my you, watch list. Start of the series, you got to keep going because eventually you get to, like, Jackie Daytona and, like, I love I love Matt Berry so much, but my favorite... I have to admit, my favorite vampire is Colin Robinson. Like, he's awful, and I love him so much. (laughs) Like, he's the one that made me fall in love with the series. I love them all dearly, and Matt Berry can get it. My God, what a hunk. But um, 
But Colin Robinson was the one where in the pilot, I started laughing so hard I cried. Oh, yeah. And it's like, oh, yeah. So they're they're definitely like playing with that. And they've got they've got werewolves at one point. At one point they play. They actually do play. Um, I think it's kickball. The werewolves <laughs> and the vampires play kickball in the snow in New York and in Staten Island. Oh, spectacular. Amazing. But yep. even even that, even even Twilight was the emotional obsession of its time. Yes, but Twilight also spawned really great series of essays and insightful blog posts and people talking about this in really interesting ways. Yeah. Like, yes, Bella is a complete wet blanket of a heroine, but also the narrative is designed to give Bella everything she wants, even if other people, even if Edward doesn't think she should have it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, ooh, that's interesting. Yeah, it's it's but, absolutely a fulfillment fantasy. Did so. you read A uh, Season of Love by Helena Greer? I have not. Okay. All right. So uh, you need to read it. It is so charming. It is so good. It is so thoughtful. There are so many pop culture references, but it is a, so a social media artist influencer named Mm -hmm. Miriam finds out that she has inherited a share of a Christmas tree farm from her great aunt. All of her family and all of the people who work there are Jewish, but they run but they own a Christmas tree farm a Christmas tree farm in the town of Advent New York which just like hoses itself down oh, with Christmas yeah. every year and they are just my favorite thing was it was really capturing the feeling of being Jewish at Christmas when everything mm-hmm. is Christmas like literally I can buy Jesus at Costco right now he's in aisle three with like two different nativity scenes I can purchase Jesus at Costco right now and yet they are just very quietly determinedly Jewish and they do all their Jewish things and the timekeeping of the story follows the Jewish holidays. Oh, that's beautiful. Miriam. I do need to read that. That sounds like just the thing this year. Miriam um, meets the, the, the person who maintains the trees, the keyword being lumberjack. Her name mm-hmm. is Noelle. Her name is Noelle. And she is a <laughs> literally described as a fat butch. And they are so into each other. And it and it takes all of those familiar hallmark. This is one of those books where you know that the writer is extremely fluent in the beats of hallmark Mm -hmm. Christmas movies and also Christmas romances because all of those beats are there and immediately subverted. Like Miriam is engaged to somebody and her fiance is this incredibly wealthy southern blonde woman. And you think, oh, Ice Queen. Well, kind of. Well, yes and no. Yes and no. But there are that some parts perfect. that are so good and it and it it's so, so charming. I can't tell you how charming it is. And then I'm trying to find a quote because this is my favorite part and I'm gonna Okay. So this is later on. They're going for a sleigh ride because like I said, Christmas Hallmark beats, right? Mm-hmm. Noelle <laughs> is asking her questions to get to know her. You're by. What is what does that mean to you? There's no universal. This is what bisexuality looks like. What is it for you? You don't date men. It doesn't seem like Miriam. I mean, not to get too deep into queer theory. That is the sexiest thing anyone's ever said to me. Noelle interrupted. (laughs) So they're aware of themselves in a way that is going to make you very happy. Oh, yeah, that's going that's going immediately next on my list, because let me tell you. One of my big plans for this coming weekend is I'm going to wallow yes. in all of the Christmas stuff that I can. I'm going to watch While You Were Sleeping. I'm going to watch this new musical Christmas Carol. Um, 
with Ryan Reynolds and Will Ferrell. Oh, hello. Yeah. Like, it's basically they're they're redoing Scrooged, but it's a musical starring Ryan Reynolds and Will Ferrell and Octavia Spencer for some reason. Wow. Okay. Amazing. Anyway, this sounds like an I'm excellent just like, plan. You know what? Sold. I I want I want to see Will Ferrell make jokes about Tiny Tim. Like, yes, you do. Yeah, specifically about not remembering Tiny Tim's name, and I don't know why that made me cry laugh, but it really did. <laughs> you will and, you yeah. will love. Season. Oh yes, yeah. so season have, of love is in there. I, season I love, of love. I, I have bought it for people. I have told all my reviewers about it. I did an interview with Helena and her editor because this mm-hmm. was also her editor's first acquisition at Hachette as an and as an assistant editor. And it it is it is Ooh. it is just such a perfect holiday confection that acknowledges Judaism and being marginalized and being queer and being bisexual and all of the and there's we a lot of so much. Yes. So much more of that at this. And yes. I want I want those good feelings. I want like Yeah. We were watching again, we were watching Jeopardy yesterday. That's like the one TV show we keep up with. <laughs> but they had a commercial that I'd seen like a hundred times, and it's this family and the dad and the daughter keep pretending they're going to the playground, but they're really going to play games at Best Buy. Yeah. And so the mom surprised them with the console at the end, like, haha, I'm on to you this whole time. But it's on like the third or fourth repeat that I realized. Everything in their house is blue and silver, and they have a menorah in the window. And it's just this casual acknowledgement that Jewish families exist. Yep. And like, and I'm like, hey, look at this. Look at that. Yep. This is amazing. And yep. it's just, and it, of course, you know, the candles make everything so glowy and beautiful. And like, and it was so nice. And um, yeah, especially especially at this time of year, it can be really, oh yeah, it can be really. Like I love a Christmas Carol and I love a Christmas like story, but especially ones like speaking of ghost romance, ghost Christmas books are like my catnip. But so good. But it's always so nice to see like the other the other side of that experience. The this can actually be really isolating. This can be really lonely. How do we deal with that on the page? Yeah. Uh, I mentioned Rose Lerner's Sailor's Delight, and one of my very favorite things about it so far. Every chapter opens with the date on the calendar, the date on the Jewish calendar, and the wardroom toast for that day of the week. As you do. As you do. As you do. Well, because it's about, you know, like a Navy man. And yep. so, like, so they do the wardroom toast. And that's actually something that, you know, when when the pandemic started and everybody was really into sea shanties and we all knew why, Mr. Waite and I started to do the wardroom toasts every day just between the two of us in our little, like old house that creaks like a ship when it's windy and when i met him he was on a sailboat and he was a captain and so like this became kind of our our pandemic ritual just the two of us casually toasting absent friends on um i want to say sundays that's adorable yeah i love that and so to see those like crop up and like we we actually printed we i designed a poster in canva and we printed it up to put above the bar so we always like have an easy reference for what day is what that's adorable will you send me a picture yeah yes awesome all right do you have any additional books that you would like to mention i do um yes Ooh, ocean's echo people need to know that ocean's echo is great but uh the other one that i want to talk about is the very secret society of irregular witches oh such a charming charming ass book and again a little bit of grief too yeah like and i almost i almost put it down in the beginning because i'm like is this too sugary because the house was so pretty 
And then I'm like, eh, but but the writing's good, but I just, you know. But I, I have, it gets I have, so close to Twee, right? It gets so yeah, close Yeah, it goes right twee. up against it. And then, like, the garden. And I'm like, what? Yes. Oh, my God. I, I started yelling. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. This is not something I expected. This is. And it wasn't like a twist twist. Yeah. But, like. It was a big secret. A note, yeah, it was a note I did not expect. And I instantly loved it. Yeah, could not stop. And then the ending was just a slam bang of a finish. I did not see either part coming. I didn't see it coming. And I was like, wow, wow. I love being surprised. This is so great. It's the kind of book you just want to get a stack and start chucking them at people on street corners and just going, just read this. This is going to make you so happy. Just trust me. Yeah, absolutely. Just keep pushing. I know it's super cute in the beginning. Keep going. It's one of one of the absolute best books I've read this year, no question. Yeah. And I think it's I'm, I'm hoping it's going to be like one of those sleeper hits that keeps coming up year after year. Yeah. Which are never the ones we talk about at the time. No. Nope. Like staying power is always an interesting. Yeah. What endures. Is yeah. Very cool. Yeah. So that and Ocean's Echo just because. Oh, man. Like military science fiction, psychics. Like force bonded, like everything you want about the Vorkosigan character forward sci-fi romancy type stuff with some of the poetry of this is how you lose the time war. Like yeah. all the descriptions of when their minds are meeting and oh, loved it. Absolutely yep. loved it. That's awesome. Where can people find you if you wish to be found? Well, uh, assuming... Twitter exists. I do still spend a lot of time on Twitter, but the best bet is my website, which is oliviawaite.com. And even better, I'm actually being more regular about sending out the newsletter. Oh, very good. Yes. Which has been really, really actually quite fun. And I usually send out links that I found from other places. Like your, your discord is actually one of the places where I'm like, Ooh, this link's going in the newsletter. But um, (laughs) I'm so glad. It's yeah, such a no, lovely it, discord. I I was very nervous is. about setting it up because I was like, I don't I don't want another thing to moderate. I already moderate a bunch of things. But this is such a, a welcoming, chill, warm. It's very chill. Fun community. It's so nice. Like, let's find books yeah. and share links and look at our pets. And it's like, oh, perfect. Yeah, it's like pets and crafting. And here's a TV show I'm enjoying. And yeah. I'm like, yes, this is what I want. Yep. I'm exactly. I'm so happy that it has become what it is. Yeah. So and it's you. it's really wonderful. It's a wonderful wonderful space. I'm so, so happy about it. Thank you. Oh yeah, so so those links go in the newsletter. It's like artsy things, research stuff I find. There's stuff on there's a section for crafts on what I'm making. There's a um list of recommended reads. So I always put the column in there now that that's monthly, which oh my god. But um Yay! But yeah, there's yeah, so there's books I'm reading, uh, books I've put in the column, all that stuff. Little snippets of poetry that I've found, like, ooh, hey, this poem came across my timeline. Um, it's a it's a really fun newsletter, and I love doing it. And that brings us to the end of this week's episode. Thank you to Olivia for hanging out with me late last year. I'm curious, what was one of your favorite books of 2022? Is there a book you're still thinking about, even though we're you know heading into second quarter? Tell me. I'm always looking for recommendations. 
And I will, of course, link to all of the podcasts and movies and episodes and books. So many books. This was a really long book list for this episode in the show notes. And you know where that is, right? SmartPitchesTrashyBooks.com slash podcast. As always, I end with a terrible joke. And this week's joke comes from Clay's nine-year-old. Thank you, Clay. Thank you, Clay's nine-year-old. Are you ready? Why do bees have sticky hair? Why do bees have sticky hair? Because they use honeycombs. <laughs> I don't know if you remember or watched Phineas and Fur, but there was one scene where a character says as like a throwaway line, stickiness is the most underestimated of all the Nesses. And I completely believe that is true. Stickiness is absolutely the most underestimated of all the Nesses. On behalf of everyone here, we wish you the very best of reading. Have a wonderful weekend and we will see you back here next week. Smart Podcast Trashy Books is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. You can find outstanding podcasts to subscribe to at frolic.media slash podcasts. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow-up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com, code GLOW.